When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The 1865 Match Report. Hello and welcome listener to the 1865 Match Report on a day when Forest's winning streak came to an end. Um, We came back down to earth with a 1-0 defeat away at Luton Town. Now Forest made just one change to their starting lineup in this one and uh, Lewis Graben, the skipper, returned in place of Philip Zinkenagold for a very attacking Forest lineup. Um, I'm joined by Ryan McColl, Luton fan. Um, welcome back to the podcast, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Okay, and we'll come to you in just a second, just to let you know, listener, that we'll also uh, be hearing from our correspondent, Tom, who's fresh back from Kenilworth Road, and we'll be talking to him in a few minutes. But first, let's get the view from the Luton fan. Um, Ryan, first of all, what were your expectations going into this one? Because I thought it's a six-pointer were you feeling optimistic? Were you pessimistic? Were you somewhere in between? I was probably somewhere in between, but hoped for um, a result because we picked up some good results against some top teams at home this season. So I was optimistic um, and hopeful. Okay, so let's cut to the chase. We'll talk about a few bits of action in a minute, but uh, a 1-0 victory, it was a bit flighty, a bit testy. Um, are you happy? ecstatic as you can imagine ecstatic and um yeah very scrappy encounter but um we've been on the wrong side of a few of those this season so um delight today okay and uh, i mean it's, it's one of those i think we can safely conclude that in terms of for the neutral in fact one of one of our mates in one of our group chats did actually say um he's a norwich fan and he did actually say well it, it was a bit dull but it was also intriguing and i think that's summed up by the fact that neither goalkeeper had a huge amount to do but there are a few key moments so i think it's fair to say that luton started the better for the first 20 minutes or so they were pressing really high and putting forest under quite a lot of pressure is that normal for the way that you play yeah, that that is that is the best way for Luton to play because if if they don't, they seem to sort of fizzle out of games. So they do try and get on the front foot, especially with the home crowd as well. So that was quite typical and, and very pleasing today. Okay, and and that you know that that high high line um, for Luton almost paid dividends after just seven minutes because uh, uh, Fred Onyedinma got through. Jed Spence miscontrolled it. That's a theme we'll come back to in a minute. Um, and uh, Brief Samba was forced into a save that is near post. It was a decent effort and a decent save. And then just a few minutes later, um, a fabulous uh, run and through ball from Keenan Davis led to Lewis Graben having a shot on target. And that brought what was probably, you know, the save for the cameras <laughs> from, from Jamie Shea um, down low to his right. But um, I bet with Graben going through, I bet your heart was in your mouth for a second there, wasn't it, Ryan? Yeah, I thought that should be 1-0. I think it was a good stop. Um, but to be fair, I thought he should have buried it and should have given the keeper no chance. A let off. Mm, okay. Now, as we've got you, we need to talk about the officials. Okay. 
I'm just going to I'm just going to lay it bare to you. Forest Twitter are going absolutely mental. Now, Forest Twitter is not necessarily a happy place to be when the result goes against against the Reds. And um, on this occasion, the ire is not aimed at the team or any of the players. It is aimed purely and squarely at the referee, James Linnington. So would you agree with me that the referee got quite a lot of key decisions quite badly wrong? I would agree. He had an interesting uh, 90 minutes or 99 minutes, as it were. Okie doke. So let's let's go through some of those moments, okay? 35 minutes. Um, uh, James Bree goes down the right-hand side. The ball pops up from his foot. It hits Jack Colback on the hand. Uh, it's one of those weird things. What's a natural position? What's an unnatural position? Like, there's no time to debate the laws here because... Well, there's no point because we're not going to get to a, a decent conclusion. Um, after it hits Cole back on the hand, then James Bree spanks it with his hand as well. So it's a bit of a comedy moment and it's given as a penalty. Now, in our group chat, you were saying mm, it's a bit soft. Do you feel the same now? I think we've got away with another one there, to be fair, because... On the first look, it, it looked soft, and I saw someone else had posted a, a sort of close-up follow-up action where it did. It looked definitely as though it shouldn't have been a, a pen, um, but it was given. And uh, the main thing is we converted it, which has not been a theme of late. So uh, it definitely wasn't a given. Even it, once it was given, it wasn't a granted that we'd score, but we did thankfully. I, I did. I did ask you um, after the match at the City Ground back in November and also after what happened earlier this week, I did ask you before the match, if you get a penalty, will Adebayo be taking it? And the answer was a resounding no. Um, uh, I have to say that Cal Naismith, he was never he was never going to miss. That was a, from the moment he stepped up, it looked as if he was going to score as far as I was concerned. Although apparently he missed his last two. Uh, so uh, for one for Atkinson and one for uh, Pompey. So I didn't know that stat beforehand, but he did dispatch it quite nicely. Oh, that's a sign he's not taken a penalty for a while, though. <laughs> but, um, OK, and just a quick word about Naismith. He got the Sky Sportsman of the match, and I thought he was terrific. I do think that he's been a great signing for you. And although he played a lot of football as a midfielder at Wigan, he's mostly played at centre-half for you. So were you confident with him filling the gap in your injury-ravaged midfield? Yeah, I think it was a good a good move, Um there wasn't too many options, as you say, with it with the injuries. But he is so versatile that it, it, it um, hasn't always benefited his career. Actually, he would say he would say, and people would say, but he's been an absolute star for us. The the so called Caldini, as the Loon fans love to uh, christen him. Okay, well, I won't be calling him that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to then go back to the action and the next contentious decision I've got in my list. There's a few others we could choose from. There's a lot of yellow cards, but. Early in the second half, Ryan Yates plays a through ball. Jed Spence breaks the line. It is, he, he puts the ball across Jamie Shea into the far corner. Um, at first glance, I thought, well, he's onside because he seemed to be coming from behind uh, on Yadinma. Uh, on the first replay, you think, OK, actually well-called linesman. And then you look more closely and Sky Sports have pointed this out. And Glenn Murray, ex-Forest striker, who was being the pundit, quite rightly pointed out, Forrest have been robbed on this one, haven't they? Because Onya Dinma played the ball and that was the final touch when it went through to Spence. Yeah, again, we've been really lucky there. I think it was a goal. It should have stood. Um, but 
on you, Dinmo. has had such a great, great game. I'll um, probably his best game in a Luton shirt. So I'll, I'll let him have that as a bit of luck today. Mm, yeah, and I mean, I thought it was quite interesting as well the fact that you were playing Bell at left back, and Onye so Onye Dinma was basically playing left wing to presumably to double up on on Spence and Johnson, and and uh, Brennan Johnson was very quiet. I'm just going to skip ahead because uh, after Philip Zinkenagel came on, um, just a minute after he came on, he had a header from a Brennan Johnson cross. Um, it was a save at the near post by by Shea. Uh, again, what, were you were you expecting the worst there? Yeah, I, I, I really like the player actually. So when he came on, it was a bit ominous, um, but I felt probably could have done better. And then and then a few moments later, even still. So I'm sure you'll come on to that that opportunity. Well, what I'm going to come on to is that, to mention that, that Zinkenagel, yeah, he did he did hit the post later on. Um, and again, I shall be talking a bit more detail about this with Tom from a Forest perspective. But in terms of what we're going to talk about, Ryan, we're going to go on to the next big contentious moment uh, with the ref. So, uh, Sonny Bradley, your captain, was on a yellow card. The ball gets played through. And Bradley brings down Sam Surridge. And on the face of it, absolutely no qualms about it being a second yellow. But there's more to it than that, wasn't there? Yeah, he did come back from an offside position, I felt. So um, it was a bit unfortunate. Yeah. Um, do you, has there been any kind of uh, word from the Luton camp, from Nathan Jones or anything about about what they think about that? Because I would imagine that they're probably not very happy about that red card. And especially as you can't appeal a red card for two yellows, can you? No, it was disappointing. And um, he's only just back from injury as well. So it was a bit careless. But as some fans sort of said afterwards, it was his, it, we've got Cardiff on Monday and it would have been his third game in a week. So he, they, he probably would have been rested anyway. That's a very optimistic approach to go for. Um, once again, though, can we agree that the officials had an absolute nightmare, not just the referee, but but the linesman on that side had an absolute nightmare, didn't he? Yeah, it was a bit of a shocker. Bit of a shocker, to be fair. Re- really, really odd one. Mm, okay. Um, there was obviously more going on in terms of... Um, there, was, there was a little bit of handbags between uh, Keenan Davis and... Uh, Alan Campbell and, and Reese Burke, which brought some yellow cards earlier on. But then um, towards the end of the match, um, after Zinkenogel had hit the post, uh, Johnson had had a, had a, a, an effort that was shaved by, saved by James Shea. And, and Keenan Davis had to go off because he was feeling his hamstring. And I think 10 v 10, the great thing about Forest this season is they keep going right till the last minute. If we'd had 11 men against 10 of yours, um, then who knows what would have happened. It's always very difficult to say. But you had seven yellow cards, eight if you include the one that led to Bradley's red. Um, A lot of Forest fans saying, Luton, you're a bunch of dirty houses. What do you make of that? Um. I didn't actually think the game was that dirty, to be honest. I thought some of the yellows were soft. I thought there were some handbags and um, it's not necessarily typically Luton's way. I think they've been um, a bit rough today and probably in the in the game back in November at the City Ground, it was a bit scrappy as well, but hasn't generally been the way for Luton this season. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they were a, a dirty team, but I think they just mucked in today and... and, and um, that probably showed in the yellow card count. 
Mm, okay. Other opinions are available, Reds fans. Um, now, Ryan, I'm going to come back to the penalty because uh, way back in um, in November, we saw Jack Colback get a second yellow card. He was the man who got sent off in that match. And there was a penalty which uh, Elijah Adebayo had missed. And that one, at the time, I remember we were discussing, I was saying, I have no objection to the referee giving a penalty for that kind of foul in the box, as long as referees up and down the country give those kinds of penalties. And I have the same feeling about today, because just about half an hour after today's match ended, I watched um, Adam Smith of Bournemouth handball in exactly the same way as Jack Colback did. The referee wasn't even interested. So in that respect... There's a real problem with refereeing at championship level, isn't there? Yeah, it just seems so odd that it's so inconsistent and so poor. Um, when you think about it, it's only one league down from the Premiership, the best league in the world. Um, so whether I have any expectation that could improve anytime soon, probably, pro- probably not. Okay. And just finally from you uh, today, Ryan, um, obviously you've beaten us in a six-pointer. You're now above us in the table. Um, and... What are your expectations for the rest of the season? Are you confident about getting the playoffs? Are you, are you hoping for promotion or is that just a dream? I think the classic footballing cliche, take every game as it comes. Whatever happens, we've had an unbelievable season and we are delighted where we are absolutely punching above our weight. And so um, we can we can dream and continue to dream. And um, yeah, fingers crossed we... Uh, we may see you at Wembley. You never know. That, that's if you haven't given up your dream of automatics, which I think is, is probably still in quite a few few hearts and minds. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Ryan. We shall be discussing that with Tom in just a moment. You're listening to 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. Okay. Now I'm joined by Tom Newton. You're fresh back from the away end down at Kenilworth Road. Um, Tom, just 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 to start off with, how do you feel about that? Because uh, I was discussing with Ryan about how Forest Twitter is frothing at the mouth. We've talked about the officials and we're going to talk about them again um, soon enough. So as an away fan, how do you feel? Um, I feel I still feel angry with the levels of officiating um, from the game. But on reflection, looking back of this afternoon's results, it could have been worse. It could have been better if we would have got a draw, if not the win. Um, so, yeah, I'm so angry with how the officiating went, but on reflection, the results have turned out okay for us. Okay. I'm just going to refer to what Steve Cooper said on his uh, in his post-match interview with Radio Nottingham, uh, which you may not have heard yet, I suppose. So he wasn't happy with the ref and, and made the point that if the penalty was happening at the other end, I think I know what decision would have been given. He also said that he wasn't happy with the decision about the Jed Spence goal that was ruled out. And quite interestingly, he also expressed his surprise at the appointment of referee James Linnington. And I'm paraphrasing here, but he said at this level, you'd expect there to be uh, a different appointment. So it was a six pointer at the top end of the championship. And it sounds like he didn't think the ref was up to it. What do you think? Um. Well, it's we knew Luton was going to how their ground is and the like tightness of the pitch because obviously the pitch is smaller. We know it was going to get closed down, not going to have the freedom, but we knew it was going to be a battle. But when you're up against an extra three men in terms of the two like um, official, 
to officials and the referee. It's just like, it's one of those games. It's just like the levels of consistency when it comes to officiating in this league. It just seems getting worse and worse. And because of the magnitude of the game, that linesman wasn't up to it today. Mm. No way he hundred percent give that penalty because we we was quite close, looking straight on at it. And we we wasn't convinced when it happened. Who who is it hit? Then it's pointed to the spot. I'm like thinking, how can you call that? Um, but regarding to what you said regarding the question, what was the significance of James Livingston? Have we had previous with him or? I, I don't know, is my honest answer. I just think that maybe Cooper was saying that we've got a ref who would be happier at a lower level. And whether he gets in trouble for that, I'm not sure. But we'll find out, I suppose. Yeah, he's, made, he's been close to the knuckle in recent weeks, hasn't he? Um, and he, he says enough, but without saying too much. Mm-hmm. He's kind of stayed on the right side of the law. But with him saying that, um, probably the FA, you never know, might say, well, you've had a couple of close to the knuckle um, opinions now and we're going to do you for this one so it's one well, of them The other thing that Cooper said was that um, about whether the referee is suitable to ref at this level he said he'll he'll basically get he'll get he'll get what he deserves in the sense of that once the manager's reports and everything go in so maybe he has got beef with, with this particular official I don't know but um, I mean for me the referee is one thing in terms of the card who's handing out the decisions he was making because ultimately he's in charge you talked about the penalty and we talked about it with Ryan and Ryan was saying, yeah, that, that Luton were kind of handed that one on a plate. The thing that I was saying was that just like with the penalty that Luton got at the city ground, that's fine in itself. But you look at other matches up and down the country and what you won't have seen, Tom, because you'll have been um, on your way back up the M1, is uh, just about 45 minutes later in the Bournemouth match, there was a similar instance where Isaiah Jones put the ball in and Adam Smith was about two yards away. It hit him on the arm, outstretched arm. Referee there wasn't interested. So you, you can't rely on the decisions that officials are giving, can you? No, and, and it's not with us, it's with other teams as well that these decisions and non-decisions what are being given or not given keep um, rearing its ugly head week in, week out and there's enough money knocking about in the uh, the championship from in terms of TV money and advertising so I just think the next logical step is having VAR because there's a lot of teams in this league who are like vying for um, Premier League status and that could set your club up for the next few years or whatever and with these um, games what we've had this well where earlier today uh, against Luton, the magnitude of them and the pitfalls if you don't get decisions which are good for you. It's just like, it's just every single week now something's happening and they say over a season they level themselves out but if you look at what we've had against us and what we've been given, I think it's chalk and cheese basically because we could have had a stonewall penalty against QPR, didn't happen, there's other games as well and then we've been done again today with that iffy penalty decision, which, like I said, the, ref- the linesman cannot give that because surely he cannot be 100% um, clear in his mind that it is definitely a penalty when it isn't. OK, well, I, I personally think that even with VAR, that penalty would be given because they wouldn't say it was a clear and obvious error. It did hit Colback on the hand and so they would just say it hit him on the hand and therefore we're going to go with the ref's decision. But... Mm-hmm. The decision in the second half for Spence's goal, which was ruled out, 
And then possibly the red card for Sonny Bradley. I think those two under VAR would have had very different outcomes, I think. Yeah, the, um, the first decision regarding Jed Spence, it's like, this is the thing with referees. They've never played the game at a decent level. They don't know how the ball bounces. And it was obvious that it come off the um, Luton player. So therefore, it's come off him. He's made a genuine attempt to play the ball, etc. Jed Spence gone in, put it away. No, it's it's just things like that. Then the Sonny Bradley um, sending off. It's like it's a it's a straight red card. And with the games coming up, he's only going to miss one game because it's a second booking. Well, but actually, that's you see that's interesting because that's what you saw in real time. What we realised, having seen the replays, is that it shouldn't have been given at all because <laughs> Sam Surridge was clearly offside and therefore. That's not. Yeah. That's not the ball. The ball was dead, and therefore it's not. It's not a, a yellow or a red card offence. Yeah, and then then it goes back to um, with the Jed Spence one. So it's in for those two were decisions that swings and roundabouts. But, um, but yeah, it's just frustrating when we should be concentrating on the game, etc., and um, it's overshadowed by poor uh, officiating. Okay, um, well, on on that topic, um, Adam, who. Regular listeners will have heard on our podcast. Adam was absolutely furious straight after the match. And he's saying, oh, if Luton are playing to their strengths, I suppose their strengths are throwing themselves to the floor and, and barely having the ball in play. It was a disgusting performance by them as well as disgusting by the officials. Um, you've made this point yourself. So, Tom, when you're at the ground, you must have noticed that. Um, th- I'm not going to say it's just time wasting, but it's it's Luton stretching it and the refs not clamping down on it in terms of timekeeping, perhaps? Yeah. Um, we knew with the um, sending off, there was going to be quite a few minutes of added time. But somebody who was watching the game at home was texting us. And in the eight minutes of stoppage time, only four minutes worth of football was being played because they kept going down with cramp and uh, just generally time-wasting. And we all know um, Bruce Sambers been done for time wasting in the past but it took a long time for the referee to actually clam down on it and it's just frustrating um it is i mean yeah we all know that samba does it but i don't know if it's been having a biased stance on things but it just seems like other teams like allowed to do it because it's no disrespect to him but it's like gluten who are punching above the weight and everything and going back to the inconsistencies there was um in the same um, period of play, Jed Spence um, gets done for um, holding back a um, Luton player when he's in the attacking third. The ball breaks and goes to the other end. It's the it's like basically the same foul, but he gives it to Luton, and it's like it's just things like that where the inconsistencies just infuriate you as a um, watching the game as a paying fan. Yeah, and it doesn't matter which team you support. You want the same decision to be made twice, don't you? Yeah, yeah. But but again, this goes to... like That game should have been like two teams in the top six. We should be talking about the football. Mm-hmm. And it was relatively poor in the first half and just didn't get going and uh, there was no fluidity with the play and everything. We should be looking at... Oh, it was a, should have been a decent game of football. But it's, no, it's, again, the referees have overshadowed... Uh, what should have been a um, a really decent football match. Okay, um, so let, let's talk about football. As we spent a good few minutes talking about other things, and let's talk about the football. 
it's worth pointing out in amongst everything else that Forrest did have the chances to get back into the game. So obviously there was that really good save by uh, Jamie Shea in the first half from Lewis Graben when Forrest could have took the lead. But in the second half, um, we've, Baz and I were talking about how Philip Zinconagel won't have slept very well after the Liverpool match. And then again, uh, recently, he's, he's, he's not always done as well as he could. Today, he had that diving header and he had the effort that hit the post. It, he should have been scoring at least one of those, shouldn't he? Yeah, I mean, the one that hit the post is just just unlucky. But when the ball came over for the uh, the header, I thought he had a bit of time just to chest it and then side foot it past the, the keeper or at least get it on target. And, you know, he's snatched at the chance there and it's relatively an easy save for the uh, looting goalkeeper. And we had like, like um, after the... Um, Zinconagel hit the post and the ball came out to Johnson. He could have squared it inside to Jed Spence, but he took the long, the scenic route and mm-hmm. tried to get which He got closed down and and I think their keeper saved it kind of thing, but he's, Jed Spence was in a better position. But it's just one of those games where we've been really decent in recent weeks and it's just one of those games where we just didn't look like we were going to score um, today. So, but no, we dust ourselves off, and um, the good thing about it, it's like get back the players, get back to Nottingham, recover, fuel, refuel, and then go again on um, Monday for an equally uh, bigger uh, game in my eyes because it's at home, etc. Mm, okay, so Steve Cooper did make the point again in his post-match interview, and, and they asked Lewis Graben as well as the player who was uh, who was being interviewed, saying that. Um, you know, the players can feel disappointed today uh, at not getting the win. You should always feel disappointed when you don't get the win. But the performance levels, especially in the second half, were were much better. I think we did get outplayed for the first half of the first half, if you sort of mean the first 20 yeah. minutes or so. But yeah, Forrest took the game to Luton. Luton used spoiler tactics. Now, off, um, you know, when we weren't recording, Ryan did say to me that he was surprised at how kind of tight Luton played and he reckoned that that was probably down to to their injuries and the fact that they knew that Forrest was really good so they did play kind of more of a spoiler match and also Ryan also reckons that if Luton had tried to play more expansive they didn't do that because they knew that Forrest would be better at it so that's quite an interesting perspective there but going back to Steve Cooper and Lewis Graben they both said yep disappointed today but Tomorrow we come into training if there's, and Cooper said, if there's anyone who's disappointed or um, not up for it tomorrow, then that's when I know I've got a problem. So it is about dust yourself down, get on with it. Today was a six-pointer, wasn't it, Tom? So how much does it damage our chances of achieving success for the rest of the season? Um, I think, looking back, where we are now, I think it's, we're in a fantastic position considering what we've mentioned on the pod before of those awful um, six or seven games at the start of the season which saw uh, Chris Hewton lose his job so to be in this position is absolutely fantastic because when Steve Cooper come in his first job was get his way from the relegation zone and just mid-table would have been a success but we've bypassed that and and we've had there's been talk about um, automatic promotion which to be honest, it's still on when you look at the results, what's happened today with Bournemouth only getting a uh, 0-0 against, um, I forgot who they played now. Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. So, yeah, it's not it's not all lost second place. I mean, we've still got to play Bournemouth and they've been faltering in recent weeks. So if we get ahead on the game on uh, 
for the game against West Brom on Monday and they say they don't win again, it closes the gap even more and just puts immense pressure on them because they've been in that uh, top two position for the majority of the season and they wouldn't want to be coming into the playoffs because when teams do that, it's very hard for them to get going. So in if the chasing pack are like hunting them down, they're going to think, well, here comes potentially Huddersfield and, here, and I think they're winning 1-0 at the moment against QPR. And obviously uh, with us, because um, obviously we've got a game in hand on other teams in the top six. I know we're level on games with um, Bournemouth, but we've still got Bournemouth to play and we've still got Fulham to play. And potentially there's a chink in their armour in terms of the loss against Coventry the other day. Yeah, so they might be on the beach by the time we play them and then obviously the pressure's on Bournemouth and we could go into that game thinking pressure's relatively off us because we're not really expecting to get into the automatics. Mm. But well, first and foremost, we've got to um, cement our place in the uh, in the playoffs. Like, just look after our own business. Yeah, absolutely. So, a, a, a win against West Brom on Monday—you never know what you're going to get one week to another with West Brom. So, a win against them would be very welcome. Obviously, we're awaiting news of Keenan Davis and Scott McKenna, who both were feeling their hamstrings. So, um, fingers crossed that we get good news um, there. Um, as Tom mentioned, we're recording this while Huddersfield are still playing. So according to the live table, Forest are fifth on 67 points. Bournemouth are in second on 74 points. And then sandwiched between those two teams are Huddersfield, who are currently third, and Luton, who are in fourth, having having beaten us in the six points today. But obviously Forest have got two games on Huddersfield and Luton. So it's important that they do dust themselves down and regain the momentum. So I'm going to say thank you very much to Tom Newton for today. And also thank you to Ryan McCall for providing the view from the opposition. Uh, We'll be back on Monday night after the West Brom match. Uh, Let's hope we can dust ourselves down and get going again. Come on, you Reds. Podcast Network.